I remember early on when you wanted to go to Kona, like, how, how are we ever going to do that? How are we ever going to afford it? How are we ever going to go for away for a week? How are we ever going to, like, take that time off? How we're not going to get paid if we're taking that time off? And who's going to take care of the dogs? And what if the house burns down? And, you know, like, oh, my God, we have to pay for parking at the airport. I used to think about these things, and they really used to worry me about, oh, my God. And I'm sure that that contributed to the fact that it took you 16 years <laughs> to get there um, was my resistance and my fear. We are not going to stop doing these retreats anytime soon. So if it's on your heart, start start today with doing away with those thoughts that are preventing you from being there. Maybe you come in May, maybe you come in five years, but start today with using this science of the mind. Highly recommend. You can start by just watching your words and your thoughts. Keep moving yourself in the direction of what it is you desire because it's a scientific equation. It can't not happen. If you can just stay focused, if you can train your mind to be focused, it can't not happen. It's, it's science. It's, a, it's an equation. It can't not happen. And what you need to traverse and the timeline, well, that's not up to you, right? What you need to traverse is all the result of past action. And so is the timeline. And, but when you're ready, trust and allowing, keep moving forward, you will live that realization, that dream in your life. 100% can't not happen. For me, it was this, uh, I, I'm going to say transformational experience going into the biggest race of my life so far, you know, something I'd worked so hard for. And I, I might have shared this in the other podcast, but to to be in, in a energetic environment with a bunch of yogis, um, in a lot of stillness and a lot of quiet and a lot of space in a week leading into the biggest energetic race at the tippy top of my sport, like the best of the best world championship vibes really just transformed uh, my perspective and how I relate to going into races now moving forward. And I have two more to go. And years ago, I would have been really freaked out. Like, I'm not getting in my full swim. Like, I need to do this particular swim. I need to do this particular bike. Uh, I need to eat this way, get sleep. All of these attachments and beliefs that I created of how things had to be. <clears throat> and it's just good to see how far that's changed, how far I've come since that time. Now, I'm not perfect. Yes, I still work through things here and there, but it's not as, it doesn't have such a strong hold on me anymore. Welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. This is our monthly O show. I'm here with Beach, and uh, yeah, we were going to record this last night, and we were both feeling a little bit like done with the day, and uh, we want to be fresh. So, oh, I forget to get coffee. That's okay. I've already had a few espressos and a workout, and now I'm drinking a super vibrant drink, so I should be good to go. But feeling good today, and. Ready to roll. Good morning, my love. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, we didn't grab the coffee, but we've had plenty of coffee. I've got tea. I'm drinking turmeric tea, dialing that in with some cayenne pepper, warm from the inside. Um, what do you have over there? I've got um, some green concoction. Yeah. So I, you know, back in like in, I think, end of June, middle of June, I was talking to one of the athletes I work with. And this person was working with one of the 
plant-based telehealth physicians that we have interviewed. And they, I believe they were just feeling like, you know, they're kind of tired and they were trying to move through some things in their body. And so anyway, the doctor recommended doing a drink every day that's like 85% greens. Maybe it was 75%, but I upped it to 85% because why not? So I've been doing this. I started it back in June and there's been, you know, some times where I haven't been doing it, but leading into Oregon, 70.3, I did it. Leading into Santa Cruz, 70.3, I did it. Coming back uh, from two weeks in Hawaii and travel and just all the energy that you move through when you do travel, coming back and just getting all of these greens in my body. And it's such an easy way to get your greens. So this is really simple. Water, a little bit of pineapple, um, one scoop of organ vanilla protein powder, and then a ton of kale and a ton of spinach. And I've been drinking these pretty much daily and you started drinking them too. Yeah. It's a little shift to the side from my daily smoothie bowl, which I haven't had in a long time. I think last week was the last time I had one. That's because you were busy on- <laughs> having how many acai bowls in, Flor- in Florida? How many acai bowls did you have in Hawaii? I think the total amount was 20, somewhere around 20. If not 20, it was like 21. So we were in Hawaii for 14 days. Yeah, I had a lot of, so it's at least a smoothie bowl a day, sometimes two. Konas were bigger. Oh, they were so good. So good. But your drink, so it's a, it's a deviation from the smoothie bowl where I load it with uh, beets, broccoli, bananas, blueberry, all that, and then I put granola on top. Your drink, when I, when I started to use it, was just so lighter. It's super light. It's like, it's a drink. It's mostly water. This is water. almost like a juice. Yeah. At I this would say, point. Yeah. yeah. But it was good. I started to do spinach, yeah, spinach, pineapple, and water, and a little bit of the protein powder. Now, the organ protein powder, I think one serving is actually two scoops, I want to say. But I don't know. we always do one, if not less than if one scoop. If not less than one, yeah. yeah. You just. It's just a little bit of flavor. I always have Juliana Haver in my head. We did an interview with her, and she was just like, why? Why would you want to? I'm sure, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing this, but the message that I received from her was like, why would you want something so isolated like that in such a high dose? Um, regarding like protein powders and things like that. So, but even leading into that, we hadn't been using, you know, a lot of it because it's like 19 grams of serving and yeah, that's a lot of protein. So anyway, I love this. Yeah. It's more like a juice. And then I have a big, if you're watching the video, you'll see that I have this big, uh, ball jar that I drink it out of and a straw, which I think might drive you crazy a little bit. Do straws irk you? Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't know why. It goes to the side. <laughs> there might be a family member that drinks out of straws and it drives you nuts. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know who. So anyway, that's so my anyway, drink. So let's go back to, um, that's great. Like if you're listening, just start incorporating something like that into your weekly schedule. It doesn't have to be every day. All of a sudden I'm going to do this. Although that would be helpful in creating the habit. Start to just introduce this thing once or twice a week into your into your routine and watch where it takes you. Uh, I did this leading into Kona, you know, from the from 
the day we left for Maui, backtrack maybe like, I don't know, one, two, two straight weeks. For two straight weeks, I think I had one every day and I was actually craving it. Here, here we go. There's the gut. It was like, oh, I'm craving these and I wasn't having as many smoothie bowls. Yeah. So I just mean, like it's that. It's like 9.30 in the morning and when I finish drinking this, I'm probably going to have like four cups of greens in me. So To counteract the four cups of coffee. Then, oh, I didn't have four cups. I had, we had two espressos. So good. So good. In the dark. Oh, drinking espresso in the dark after meditation. It's like my fave. All right, let's jump into Maui because I don't think we've talked about Maui. We just launched the Smackdown from Kona, which was a a big dump and big, um, a big experience for the both of us, I think. Um, but let's, let's backtrack it a week when we were on Maui and I think we touched slightly upon it in that podcast, but, um, what were we doing in Maui? Yeah, so we were uh, in celebration of the, my gosh, what is it now? The third, fourth, third, third Awake Minds uh, Awake Minds Yoga and Meditation Retreat. It was a five-night, six-day retreat at Lumeria Educational Retreat Center, which is in Makawao, about three and a half miles from the ocean, a thousand feet up from sea level, just high above Paia, which was a super cool little town. And... If you've been with us in Costa Rica, uh, we've followed kind of the same routine the last couple of years. And and although this was similar, we actually left a little bit more space for things to evolve naturally, which they did, um, extended meditation. Also, we didn't have all of our meals on site. So it was really cool. We were off site more, whereas in Costa Rica and, you know, gosh, it's such this like human condition to like compare, oh, well in Costa Rica, it's like this and the pool's like this and blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, both of the experiences are really out of this world for their own unique reasons. But it was really cool to be able to go off-site, whereas once you get onto that Blue Spirit property and you go beyond those gates, it's for me, it's like, oh my God, I don't want to be anywhere else. But that's probably because I've gone into town. I've taken surfing lessons. I've I've done the off-site stuff. So uh, excursions and things like that are, are certainly available in Costa Rica. And some people in Maui were, you know, went diving and um, did some excursions as well. But it was fun to go down to Paia to Choice Health Bar where, and Mana Foods. Mana Foods was the grocery store and Choice Health Bar was essentially where we ate and um, just absolutely delicious food. But we had 17 of us planning to go, 16 of us actually were on site for the retreat. One of our guests was like in the absolute path of this hurricane down in Florida. So it was a really interesting experience to, oh man, just hold that space and let go of the like, oh my gosh, this person should be here. And it was actually quite beautiful, the community in Maui kind of came together and we were sending this person, you know, lots of, lots of light, lots of, you know, calm energy to sustain, you know, be able to weather the storm. And we always had a place at dinner for them. And, uh, yeah, so that was really cool. So Lumeria, really, really beautiful space. And I want you to talk about it, BJ, because, not only were you a guest, but you were also an athlete, one of the athletes that was on the retreat and 
you were in prep for the world championship, which is really cool. So a typical day at Lumeria was 6.30 yoga and meditation on the platform outside for sunrise, which is like set behind this massive, probably six foot Buddha statue, which was quite amazing. And then we would roll into silent breakfast. Um, and then we would break the silence. There were, there was one day where we actually kept the silence and offered an extended hour long meditation where we did 20 minute meditation, 20 minute walking meditation, 20 minute sitting meditation. It was really amazing. And then, uh, we would have lunch. So we had, three lunches and three dinners on site, breakfast every day. Lunches were amazing. They set up this beautiful table on their porch, family style for us, and everything was served family style. The food was amazing. All um, We had all vegan. And um, then 4.30, we would gather again for another 90 minutes of yoga and meditation. And then we would either gather for dinner on the porch or we went into town. I believe it was two nights we went into town for dinner offsite. And the accommodations were gorgeous. The beds were super comfortable. The rooms were really well appointed. We had a couple... Um, choices for our yoga practice. We had this gorgeous, big yoga shala, which felt very comfortable for our group. We did have a spontaneous and well-needed uh, dance party that happened so perfectly timed. I can't even believe it. It was the day we did that long extended meditation. So we had just done a lot of silence that day and to be able to crank the music and like literally like scream and hoot and holler and dance. And those that didn't want to, they either stayed and they just observed or they left. And that's the beauty about retreat. Like you come and you be a part of what you want to be a part of and you expand as as big as you're willing and ready to expand. And, you know, we just meet you where you're at and welcome you. Um, of course, we encourage you to go as big as you can go on those retreats. But um, yeah, Maui is the heart chakra. And it's one of the areas in across the globe that people have been called to over the ages. And the answer when we are called somewhere is yes, it has to be yes, it has to be yes. And when we're called somewhere like Maui, um, it is pretty guaranteed that your stuff will come up. And um, But it's okay because you were called, you were ready for your stuff to come up. And definitely we saw some stuff coming up and moving through. And, yeah, and that's just amazing because in our day to day, we don't leave a lot of time for reflection. We don't leave a lot of time for silence. We don't leave a lot of time for space. We don't definitely don't leave a lot of time for vulnerability, which takes time. So we saw some really amazing um, transformations that happened on that retreat. And then once, oh, and, and the, the bonds, like the friendships and the bonds, they came together extremely fast. It was like, I haven't seen that before. It was really really amazing. And we just had a really great group of people as we always do. Like it's just trusting that alignment as the hosts of this retreat, Megan, Valerie, and I, you know, we just, we just allow and man, Maui in 
the year leading into this retreat, whew, that called us. We thought we thought the retreat that we had planned in 2020 with the pandemic hit, we thought that one was calling us to higher levels of trust and allowing. Maui absolutely called us to such higher levels. And what a blessing because we're better because of it. So trust and allowing. Woo, that's a lot of like tuning your, your radio station. And it just... I couldn't be more pleased. I mean, you know, one a, a great honor of my life was that retreat and being a leader of that retreat. What was what was a a moment that you recall that was really special? Maybe you haven't addressed it yet. Any any time that you just were in extreme appreciation? Oh, one I yeah, I loved one night and again, we didn't have evening practice because we rolled our second pract our second meditation into our yoga practice in the afternoon. We made that practice longer. In past, we've always done like an eight o'clock meetup for meditation. And so we it left our evenings free, which was nice. And one night we lit up the fires outside and we gathered around the fire and that was spectacular. We just had so much fun. We It was super light. We were talking about our first car. Um, and, you know, I would reveal things about that fire pit conversation, but I feel like it was really sacred, meaning what was said at the fire pit stays at the fire pit. First concerts. We, we just talked about hairstyles. Oh my God, hairstyles. I think that just came out naturally. That was really special. Just being there with uh, this group of people that a week before I didn't know and laughing with them and joking with them and, you know, not just, I don't feel like I was the retreat leader in that moment. I was just one of the gang and I, and there was a really lovely energy and it was really light. And for those of us that gathered around the fire that night, I think uh, we all needed a little bit of lightness and laughter and yeah, like it was awesome. <laughs> just like picturing it right now. Yeah, it was so fun. Yeah, <clears throat> what an experience. And to be, as you, as you touched upon, something different than Costa Rica. So you had done Costa Rica twice already. And now, um, and now Maui just came right in and all the opportunities that existed with getting, getting everybody there to, to Maui. But for me, it was this, uh, I, I'm going to say transformational experience going into the biggest race of my life so far, you know, something I'd worked so hard for. And I, I might've shared this in the other podcast, but to, to be in, in a energetic environment with a bunch of yogis, um, in a lot of stillness and a lot of quiet and a lot of space in a week leading into the biggest energetic race at the tippy top of my sport, like the best of the best world championship vibes really just transformed uh, my perspective and how I relate to going into races now moving forward. And I have two more to go. And years ago, I would have been really freaked out. Like, I'm not getting in my full swim. Like, I need to do this particular swim. I need to do this particular bike. 
uh, I need to eat this way, get sleep, all of these uh, attachments and beliefs that I created of how things had to be. <clears throat> and it's just good to see how far that's changed, how far I've come since that time. Now, I'm not perfect. Yes, I still work through things here and there, but it's not as, it doesn't have such a strong hold on me anymore. So to be in that space, of course, now with my personality, I think I need to do this for every race <laughs> leading in um, or some form of it. But it really was a, a special come together of many, many different personalities, like so many uniquely different um, vibrations, none of them wrong and none of them better or worse than the other, just different personalities. And to come together and to practice yoga and to be in silence and to meditate together and then to have um, laughter together and dance together was really, was really special. And to have Daniel and Chris there, two of our athletes. Wow. Like one of our, and Liz, like our coaches. So we had Liz and Daniel, um, both coaches. And then uh, two of my athletes, Daniel and, and Chris, to all be together and understand that this is the essence of what, you know, we're doing at Yogi Triathlete. You know, the coaching goes beyond and being an athlete goes beyond ticking the boxes green and training peaks. It means getting, getting close to your inner self and allowing that, that specialness to come up and, and rise out and have moments of challenge in order to grow and get to the other side and become possibly a different person or a more awake person, a more awake athlete um, person. And that's, that's what I experienced there. I just was so fortunate to, to get out and train a little bit, you know, so I did train. Um, the amazing thing about Hawaii, I think it's all islands, the pools are free. Outdoor pools, you just walk in. I found a pool that was four miles away that we could drive to, and we went to that, I think, three or four times. You just walk right in and grab a lane and swim. Uh, biking on the island was awesome. I know the bike lanes aren't there. They're not prevalent. They're not like what we see here in Southern California. But again, this is the power of the mindset. The energy that you take into it is usually the energy that you're, you're going to focus on and is going to expand so I don't focus on that. I do my due diligence. I'm careful. I stay to the side of the road. I keep my keep my calm. I keep my you know distance. And uh, Chris and I biked part of the West Maui Loop, which is an, a beautiful, beautiful loop. If you do the whole thing, we got like I don't know a sixth of the way or a fifth of the way around it. And what we saw just from that was spectacular. Um, a lot of climbing and just you're right along the edge of the cliffs and you can look down and see all the little farms down there tucked into the, the cliffs. Uh, it, was, it was really beautiful. So I was able to do that. And then running, you know, we ran from Lumeria, which isn't ideal, but because you, you're either going up, 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 or you're either going down, down, down to Paella, which is, I think, three miles down to Paella. So it was either up or down. Uh, one day we did get a ride with you guys because I think you were doing some shopping. So we were able to run down in Paella along the beachfront, which had a, a bike path that, that ran behind the airport that we could run on, which is pretty flat. So we got workouts in. So the, the whole thing is like merging athleticism and 
yogiism together. So you can train the mind, do some yoga, do some training, eat good food, be in community, challenge your beliefs, get still and quiet, and really immerse yourself in an experience that when you walk away from it, you're, you're craving more. You're absolutely craving more. So we did three hours of yoga and meditation essentially every day. I think there was like the first day and the last day we only had one class because it's arrival and departure. There might have been another day in there we had one class. But I'd love for you to speak to like the physicality of that, being on your mat and um, practicing yoga that many hours per day. Like, how did how did your body feel after that? It it became the it became the norm. It became routine, and then I got home and didn't do two yoga practices, and I was like, "What?" The body was like, "What's happening?" I can't see another way to do it. I mean, I would actually uh, slip out first thing in the morning and meditate on that platform for fifteen minutes. Sometimes Chris and Daniel join me, and you hear. It's like super quiet and dark, and then you just start to hear the world wake up, and the birds start chirping, maybe the cows you can hear, and the crickets, and the wind starts picking up a little bit, and then the palm trees start bumping into each other, and the bamboo started to rustle, and that makes a unique noise. So all of this started to happen while you're in meditation, you come out and then uh, grab some coffee, because the coffee was ready. That's a key point. Uh, and then go into a, a yeah, 90 minute practice or 60 minute practice, six, 70 minute practice, and then some meditation and the body obvious, not obviously, but for me, obviously it's stiff, you know, it's a little stiff in the morning. So to practice yoga is, is just exactly what the body needs to open up and ease its way into the day and to, um, to welcome what I'm asking it to do. Um, cause I still trained, you know, I was still moving the body. So I felt, I felt um, there were some days I just felt invincible after yoga, meditation, breakfast, silent breakfast and swimming and then coming back and jumping in the pool at the, Oh, the pool was the pool, really, and the hot, hot tub, tub was like legit hot. Yeah. yeah retreat life is really it, nice. You can settle <laughs> We can settle into it real easy. It was super easy just to like slide into that and maybe a nap, a siesta in the afternoon. What would you say to athletes or coaches who are apprehensive about a yoga practice um, as, a, as a part of the discipline for training for endurance sports? Who are hesitant? Yeah, apprehensive of it or... Yeah, I would say it's more they just, they're not familiar with it. They're not, they're... They're not aware of it. Maybe they're not practicing it themselves. And understand, like everything else, you don't have to do every single pose to, to maximum level or as frequent the chaturangas you know, that we do. You don't have to do every one of them. You, you um, Valerie and Meg were so good at giving options and actually going so far as to put Valerie and me in front of the room and show people, okay, this is what we're talking about. This is how you do it. You know, BJ, go ahead. And this is the modification. And Valerie would d demonstrate the modification. So really it comes about, it comes down to, if these coaches are curious, it's about, can there be flexibility in how you approach the practice of yoga? And can it be 
slowly incorporated into an athlete's program with modifications at first until they become strong enough to do the poses or feel confident enough to do the full poses. That would be my perspective because it just, it just takes time. It's this, we talk about it when we were teachers, it's the ego that says, I need to like grunt my way through this class. I need to do warrior. I need, oh, you're going to have me hold it for two minutes. I'll hold it for two minutes. I've never done it before, but I'm going to do it right now. And you, you wind up the next day feeling super sore um, and maybe overstretch something. And that's my experience. So when we were practicing twice a day, it just easeful. You know, there are sometimes I didn't take warrior two for that long. I would drop my arms or I'd come in the child's pose. And, and then there were days I would go explore and go into headstand um, when that was the option, you know, taking it that level up. But I think it's a, it's a, mas- it's a massaging of that. It doesn't have to be all or nothing in yoga. If you're breathing, breathing. One thing that I really love, and I know you want to ask something else, but when you're in like half moon and you know you're expanding or doing warrior um, warrior three, and you're in the balance pose and you fall out, continue to breathe. I always continue to breathe with the class. Everybody's breathing together, synchronized vinyasa, like breathing together. Even though you're not in the pose, you can still breathe together, and so that shifts awareness away from whatever you're doing, the actual pose to your breath, which is happening now, which is so great for athletes because what happens when you have a flat tire on the Queen K? You know, I'm still calm. I'm still breathing. I'm I'm present, aware. I understand that these are the things I need to do to change the tire. Getting frustrated, anxious, intense is only going to exasperate the situation. It's going to bring it to a level that is going to create frustration. So it's easy and calm. Yeah, I, um, if I have any hope for my time here on earth, that when I leave this earth, that there is a greater understanding that yoga is not warrior one. That is the asana limb of yoga, which is the physical practice of yoga. But yoga is a sophisticated science of the mind. That's what yoga is. It's an eight-limbed, sophisticated science of the mind. And I didn't know that. And I was practicing yoga. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. It's like we have modernized yoga to just be what happens on the mat and like the poses are yoga, but the poses are the vehicle for yoga. The flat tire is the vehicle for the science of the mind to be practiced. Um, and yeah. And you know, there's so many different styles of the asana practice. And so we practice on these retreats, vinyasa, which is where vinyasa teachers, Valerie, Megan are vinyasa teachers. But we also practice, um, the afternoon practice is kind of like a, uh, like a potluck, right? Like you don't really know what the, the morning practice is going to be a power vinyasa flow. The afternoon practice is going to be a little can, can be different. It can be a power vinyasa flow. It could be yoga nidra. It could be, um, more restorative. It could be, you know, just a, um, slower form of like a hatha flow, which is essentially the same thing. It's just maybe being a little bit more still in the poses, but, um, you know, for athletes, yoga nidra, I just mentioned yoga nidra, uh, and there is in season one of awake athlete, and one of the bonus episodes is a yoga nidra practice, which is essentially just laying on the ground, 
um, or laying in your bed and listening to the practice. And it's about deliberately moving your awareness throughout your body. And there's some really great science behind that, that it's actually more restful than sleep. So for those athletes or coaches that are apprehensive about yoga, I would just look at what what you believe yoga to be and perhaps entertain that um, it's more than something to be apprehensive about, that it is this ancient science of the mind that our scientists now in modern day are starting to catch up with. Um, and um, yeah, like Valerie took us into, I think that was the day we had the that dance party was Valerie had taken us into this yoga nidra. Like, can you speak to that as far as like that hitting that deep state Mm. of calm? Yeah. I was between that and Megan's meditation. I was just like, I was so, (laughs) I was so immersed in it, like really immersed in it. it. Probably taken down. I, I would guess. I think my resting heart rate is forty, low forties. I would have probably about thirteen. There's probably about ten or nine. Every boat, like we all like. Whew. Yeah, it was a big takedown, and it was gradual. It wasn't like boom. It was like a gradual, gradual descent into the calm and depths of peace and stillness. And then we started blasting music, and then it was like, let's go. So it was like this <laughs> polar opposite uh, energies, but. Um, but yeah, if you if you're open to it, if you're welcoming it, if you have an open mind, then you can you can immerse yourself in that anytime you want. Anytime you want. It just so happens on retreat, it's much easier because every day, every moment, you're you're looking around you at, at nature and you're watching that it's it's happening whether you're there or not. And it's for the most part this symphony of noises that actually presents itself as like silence. Yeah. 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 I mean, these retreats are, I mean, they really are this like respite from the world. And I've seen it with this group. I've seen it with other groups um, because I've experienced it myself as well. Is like you don't, we don't fully embody how incredibly powerful it is to take these respites from the world until we're back home and we're at the grocery store or the co-workers, you know, back at her at their desk driving us crazy. And we're just like, I want to go back, you know, just clicking your heels. Like, I want to go back. I want to go back. Um, so highly recommend the retreat experience. Our next one is in May back in Costa Rica at Blue Spirit. Um, and that is in one of our world's blue zones. So it is one of the most high vibrational places on earth. And quite frankly, it's, it still remains the most vibrant land I have ever set foot on. You can just sit for hours and watch the land crabs and the monkey show and the birds and the iguanas and the koi. They have this really beautiful little koi pond area and the trees. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, Costa Rica holds 4% of the world's biodiversity. So it's just like, it's like you're tripping for eight days. Um, It's pretty wild. So that's a seven night, eight day retreat. And that's May 13th to the 20th. 
which pairs perfectly with the Pure Vita Cycling Challenge, which is actually the week before. So we'll put a link to that. Check it out. Um, I love these back-to-back things. Like we had the yoga retreat and then we went to Kona, um, which if you haven't listened to that smackdown with Jennifer Volman, who is actually co-founder of Pure Vita Cycling Challenge and BJ that launched um, just a few weeks ago. So check that out. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, but yeah, like if you look at that and go, oh, must be nice, like going away for two weeks or it must be nice doing the pure video, like just, just look at that, you know, look at that. I used to have that belief too. I, yeah, I, same thing. Like how I remember early on when you wanted to go to Kona, like how, how are we ever going to do that? How are we ever going to afford it? How are we ever going to go for away for a week? How are we ever going to like take that time off? How we're not going to get paid if we're taking that time off and who's going to take care of the dogs and what if the house burns down and you know, like, oh my God, we have to pay for parking at the airport. I used to think about these things and they really used to worry me about, oh my God. And I'm sure that that contributed to the fact that it took you 16 years <laughs> to get there, um, was my resistance and my fear. And, uh, just keep believing, like keep believing we are not going to stop doing these retreats anytime soon. So if it's on your heart, start, start today with doing away with those thoughts that are preventing you from being there. Maybe you come in May, maybe you come in five years, but start today with using this science of the mind, highly recommend. You can start by just watching your words and your thoughts, um, keep moving yourself in the direction of what it is you desire because it's a scientific equation. It can't not happen. If you can just stay focused, if you can train your mind to be focused, it can't not happen. It's, it's science. It's a, it's an equation. It can't not happen. And what you need to traverse and the timeline, well, that's not up to you, right? What you need to traverse is all the result of past action. And so is the timeline. And, but when you're ready, trust and allowing, keep moving forward, you will live that realization, that dream in your life, hundred percent can't not happen. Yeah. And I like what you, Val and Meg have, have put out there too. If you're, if it's placed upon your heart to go to one of these retreats, but you're having the obstacle of trying to get there, reach out to one of you three or all of you three and have a conversation. How can this happen financially, logistically, whatever it is, find a way to begin to work through that roadblock that you've created in getting yourself to, let's just say Costa Rica, have a conversation. Just that's where it starts. It's so funny you bring that up because we say that about our camps. We've said it about the retreats and actually somebody did that this time. And this person and I started, you know, just conversing back and forth, like, oh gosh, I guess maybe now it's about six months ago. Like I really, like I'm being so pulled to go, but I have no idea how I'm going to make this happen. And this wasn't just a circumstance of like, oh, my boss won't get me the time off. Like I can't, there was walls and mountains of obstacles with this person, mountains. And, um, yeah, they did it. And we just kept in touch throughout and we just kept working the mind and working the mind and working the mind and trusting and allowing and watching the flights and, you know, uh, locking down the deposit for the retreat. Okay. Let the universe know you're in, like allow and trust that it's going to conspire to support you. And yeah, it was one of the most unbelievable experiences. So in all that time, like 
you know, one person has, has truly really shown up in that way and it worked. It worked. It was really, Mm -hmm. really cool. And it takes time. Like sometimes you got to hustle a little bit and, um, um, but the trust and allowing is, is massive and listen, listen to that thing that's on your heart. You did. And you just realized it in Kona. Yeah. Yeah. There's a thread there that I'm making a connection with is this trust and allowing. <laughs> and there are these moments presented to me in Kona that I would, I'd need to trust and allow. Trusting that the day we got there, I couldn't get to the bike shop to get cartridges to fill my tire, but I was riding with Jennifer and other people were on the highway. So I would be okay if I had a flat tire, like trusting that I'd be taken care of. I didn't get a flat on that ride, but just trusting that it would be okay. Trusting that when I picked up my bike from Canyon after getting, you know, the look over and race ready, that my battery was dead. And that was the day I needed to check in my bike. And my check-in time was whatever, two to three, three to something, three to four maybe. And so I just did what I could do. Uh, Figured out how long a charge would take. 90 minutes, the charge would be plenty. So I had to push back when I would check in my bike to six o'clock. So I just trust and trust that on race day, it would be fine. Um, My point being, as you begin to explore the journey of trusting and having this conversation with you, like other things in your life, you just begin to trust as well. And now you're on this super highway of trusting, trusting, trusting. Um, And even though things may not go as you expect, they do present themselves in a way either now or further down the road where you appreciate that experience that they offered to you because you grew from it. Um, so that's tying it all together in this trust and, and, uh, and belief. You know, what we focus on expands. I'm sure if you've listened to this podcast before, you've heard us say that. So the more you practice trust, the more you will receive reasons and circumstances in your life that you can trust. We always think it's just negative, right? Like if you're fearful, you will you will attract the very thing that you're fearing. Same thing goes for the other side, all the positive things, all the good feeling things, all the really powerful things like trust and allowing. And I just had the hit about the other trust, like the day we were leaving, we're going to go up to the farm to see the farm sanctuary. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we talked about this. Did, Do, I don't we think we have. talked about this on the podcast. No, because we hadn't even gone to the farm. So... Yeah, talk. I mean, you can't script this stuff. Like, this you is, cannot script this. I can't this believe stuff. we didn't talk about this. <laughs> well, because no, we didn't. Because we focused on the SmackDown. Right. So when we, um, well, why don't we just go back to when we first checked in? Because this is really good. No, why don't you go back to the hit you got in the middle of the night okay. that said All check right. Airbnb? We're gonna go way back, way back. <laughs> so we had booked a total of four places for Kona over the course of this whole <laughs> craziness. Um, and, and, you know, so grateful, so grateful in every experience refunds were given, you know, it was, it was just this ebb and flow. I didn't worry too much about the no cancellation policy, which were the first two of them. I just, you know, was honest, open and honest, uh, and shared experiences. And so we got to this last place and we booked it because we wanted to be near town as close as possible. Um, this is funny. We booked the place. It said it was right in town. And then when I actually read the reviews. It's a mile downtown, 
mile down from town. So I was like, that's kind of weird. But we're extremely grateful. We have a place. It's in our budget. We're good. Then I went into meditation one day, <clears throat> early one morning. Our budget. Our budget equals whatever they're charging yeah. us. That, that's, <laughs> that's our <true>. budget. <laughs> uh, I went into, uh, that's so true. I went into meditation and I think like five or 10 minutes into the meditation, I had this hit to check Airbnb. I just had, something came in, just said, check Airbnb. So what's interesting is I don't remember hesitating. I just went right to it. You know, it wasn't like, oh, because usually I'm like, I have an urge to check my email and I just stay there in it. But this time I just acted on it, picked up the phone, mid meditation, looked at Airbnb, found this place because my search is stored right on Polani. And so I booked it. Right there, booked it um, and canceled the other place. And come to find out, we arrive on Monday in Kona. We arrive, we take the uh, take an Uber down to the place on Polani and we start to roll up and we're walking up the stairs on because it's on the second floor and the owner is there and her name is Rebecca and she said, oh, I got to change something in the place. Is it cool? I, I didn't, I usually like to get in before guests come, but uh, you know, I'm so glad you guys are here. Let me open it up for you and check it out, make sure things are good. Um, she was amazing. She is amazing. And so we got talking. She went inside with us and showed us around the place. We got to talking and she happened to, to recently purchase a coffee farm up in the hills and she transformed it into a sanctuary, an animal sanctuary. And we were like, no, this, come on, this is ridiculous. <clears throat> um, talk about alignment. And we were like, we started to get on Instagram and we were chatting about the animals and that we would potentially go visit her, her sanctuary. Um, but also come to find out, like booking the place, the, um, she had posted it not to, not too um, far from when I actually looked at it on on Airbnb, and she just posted it up there and didn't really think that it was Kona weekend, so the rates were normal. And then we had booked it, and she looked at it to confirm it, and she was like, "Yeah, I feel good about these people. There's some. I, I feel good about this thing, so I'm going to uh, approve it." And so she approved it, and that's as opposed to jacking up her rates, right? Because right. it was Kona, like right. she was just like, "Huh, well, you know." I have a feeling these guys yeah. like <laughs> it was so so random. And then come to find out she's got this animal sanctuary and she invites us up there. And so... And we don't um, have a car. We don't have a car. And she's 1,300, mi 1300 miles, 1,300 feet up the mountain. Yeah. And we've got a bike case and suitcases and all this stuff. So we say on Monday, the following Monday after the race when we're leaving, we kind of organize. And so here's the plan. We're going to go to the airport, Uber to the airport. We're going to check in our bags. We're going to pick up a car, her car, one of her cars that her friends use and dropped off at the airport into short-term parking. Just so happened. We're going to pick up that car. We're going to drive to her place, <laughs> drop that off, see the animals, take a little tour, get to pet the cows, um, find out what this is all about. And then she was going to drive us back to the airport for our flight. And our bags are already there. And it was like, you just can't, you just can't script this any better. But this is what happens when, as I said, you just trust and allow and let this life to unfold. You're going to have more experiences like this 
Guaranteed, you're going to have more experiences like this. Just stop having a firm grip on how things have to go. Um, I was once there. I know you were too, but I'm going to speak for me. Like I was super. Oh my God. I was, yeah, I was, I was suffocating. It doesn't have to be that way. Loosen the grip, trust, um, and believe, I believe firmly more than ever that humankind is, is resolves to good. I do. I really do believe that. And I'm seeing it more and more. Yeah. And maybe that's just because that's what the, what I'm focusing on. Yeah. So we have this new amazing friend, Rebecca. Uh, her Instagram handle is Love All Hawaii, and she's doing amazing things. And, um, you know, we, we talked to her about, you know, she's open for donations. And uh, apparently that has been something that her accountant has been talking to her <laughs> about. And so, um, you know, we will uh, we'll be making some donations to assist her now that we have met the animals. Oh my gosh, she's this woman is a gift, and and her husband is as well, and he does great work in the world. He's a he's a doctor and um, is also vegan, and um, yeah. So she drove us to the airport, and then she like took our picture and. And we said, we want to go back. And so she's got a block on the condo for us. She was like, absolutely. Knowing she could jack up those rates and get whatever she wants. And, um, you know, that's a woman who's tapped into alignment and, um, wow, such a, such a blessing to know her. And, and it's like all those years of you trying to get to Kona, like, as so many things in our life, as we continue to relax in the face of fear, relax in the face of trying to control things, relax when everything says don't trust. That's what it is, is you got to relax, 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 relax. And so you relax by, by frequently engaging in practices that bring you to calmness. And so when I look back at when you first had this dream many moons ago, it's like if somebody was to say to me like, oh, you're going to be leading um, a yoga and meditation retreat at this stunning retreat center. Uh, you're going to have an incredible experience. Like BJ is going to be a yoga teacher. Uh, you're going to be a yoga teacher. You're going to stay in the most ideal location, like better than a Leahy drive for the race. And then the woman's, and you're going to be vegan and the woman's going to have a farm sanctuary and you're, she's going to be like a new friend and she's going to try. I'd be like, what? No, we just want to go. We're just going to go to Kona. We're going to have to figure out how to pay for it. We're just going to make it happen. And instead we relaxed and we trusted and the experience was so enriching and I just can't wait to see what happens from here. You know, what's going to happen today? Just always living in, in wonder and curiosity. Uh, and that curiosity is just such a cornerstone of the science of the mind. We did not come here to go through the grind. We did not come here to go through the motions. We did not come here to be asleep. We, we, this world was made for us. We were not made for this world. This world was made. Uh, what we were talking to meditator Bob yesterday. What did he say? It's like we we came here to suffer so that we could wake up. I mean, I hate to. I hope that's not bad news. Or, but that's the truth. We we were not made for this world. This world was made for us. It was made to bump us around and make us be scared so that we could wake up to who our true nature. 
which is this allowing, which is this powerful, all-knowing, limitless existence that lives within every single person who's listening to this right now. It's in there. Hmm. Well, well, what did happen today? Because you said, I'm just so excited for today. So how did your morning go? Like what? Yeah, alarm went off at 4.15 and uh, it felt really great. I actually woke up just a few minutes before the alarm went off. And one of my fave things right now is like getting, at, uh, you know, I love first light. Like sunrise, yeah, it's amazing. But like first light for me is like, I love first light. I love being on the trail at first light where it's just like the dark is like the light is now coming into the day and the darkness because the dark and the light can't coexist. Um, and so I put my light, I have a great light on the front of my bike. And so I got out, I meditated, got up, meditated, coffee, um, medicine cards, and then got on my bike at first light. And so I love that. And uh, went and rode, just did one of our local favorites. We call it the authors. There's a neighborhood um, just about three miles from here, which is these like awesome 12, 13% climbs in this neighborhood. And there's a great loop. So I went over to the authors, just an hour ride, did three loops and came back home. And, uh, it's great quality because I've signed up for Oceanside what? and I'm also training for Yogi Triathlete training camp where we're going to be doing the Palomar super shovel. And then there is also some chatter about Jennifer and I climbing Mount Lemon when we're there for Ironman Arizona. So yeah, I got to get my climbing back on. I've, uh, I've taken some time off the bike, but, um, the, one of the really cool things was like, I went by, it's a neighborhood and super quiet. Everything's quiet at that time. Right. And I noticed this guy, this garage door open and I see this guy out there and he's got his rowing machine, which he's on. And then he's got his stationary bike right next to it. And, you know, we kind of like threw a fist up in the air to each other. Like, you know, we're winning the day and, you know, and then I did three loops up this, up this climb. And then the second time I noticed he was on the bike. And then the third time he was back on the rower. So he's out there like when in the day he had rolled these things out through his garage, they were kind of like in the, in the driveway as well. And just had a big smile on his face. And it, it got me thinking actually about like retreats and camps. We thrive in these experiences because we like to commune with like-minded individuals. And I thought to myself, like, but getting up in the morning and getting after it, like doing your meditation, you are communing with like-minded individuals. I recently started using Insight Timer. Insight Timer is so cool because it shows you all the people in your town. They're also meditating. So I'm communing with like-minded individuals when I get up to meditate. I'm not alone. And then I go out there and, you know, we live in this amazing place where people, physical fitness and mental fitness is like paramount for people here. And we saw that, you know, never more so, I think, than during the pandemic when they were like, you you know, stay inside. And the town was like, well, we're not going to do that. Like, we're going to surf and we're going to run and we're going to walk and we're going to be healthy because that's our our that's the first line of defense for this thing is to be healthy, mind and body. Um. And being out there and get and getting your workout done, like you are communing with like-minded individuals. Like that guy that I waved to, like that was me communing with a like-minded individual. He got up too. He set the intention maybe last night, set his alarm, got up and got after it today, rolled out the rowing machine, rolled out the bike and got after it. And so 
you know, if you feel alone in your training or you feel alone in your meditation, you're not alone because somebody is always, there's always a community. There's 7 billion people on this planet. Like there's always millions and millions of people that you are communing with at any given time, whether you're working out alone or in a group, whether you're meditating alone or in a group, you are communing with like-minded individuals. So we can lean into loneliness, we can lean into the belongingness, which is an essential human need. Um, so that kind of hit me today when I was like, you know, fist pumping this dude who I may or may not ever see again was like, yeah, I just communed with a like-minded individual. I love that. that. That made me feel so good. So um, yeah, then came back, made my green juice, and here we are. How about you? I had the plan of getting up and getting on the bike and getting another trainer ride in. But as I began to feel into my body and, you know, looking over at Clark, I realized um, I'm going to go for a run instead. And so I did my exercises and um, you talked about relaxing, um, relaxing more into allowing things to come into your life. Um, you had, you had offered to me a suggestion to go see Lawrence again, uh, as I recover from one Ironman and go into training for one, uh, half Ironman next week and then another Ironman in four and a half weeks. And so <laughs> it's just super, super important to focus on this recovery, the things that, that I'm doing, the immunity shots I'm taking, extra yoga, extra rest and sleep, mounds and mounds of hydration um, flowing through my body, um, some working out, but also this relaxing. And so I saw Lawrence um, for some you know, some tightness I was having in my, in my right hamstring and saw him yesterday, made the drive and it's so worth it always to visit with him, um, and to connect. And he just understands the body. He understands that breath is important, that minimal movement has big gains in the long run. And it's something I've been embracing in this in between big races. So I'm, I'm, I'm not efforting to put in big solid workouts and get back into intensity. What I'm doing instead is having a relaxing, allowing more in my body to, to free up the fitness that I already have inside. And so this morning I wanted to give that a little test. It's just to see, because obviously when you leave somebody who can work the body, knows the body, you feel amazing. I think I texted you. I felt, <laughs> it's like, I feel so good. I feel so good. So thank you, Lawrence. Um, he's at theinnerrunner.com if you want to check him out. Um, very, very um, talented, um, knowledgeable body worker. I think we would, I would label it. Um, but went out for a run with Clark. I did two, uh, not two miles with him, 20 minutes with him. I was going to go two miles, but he was just dragging. Uh, so we did 20 minutes and then I went out my own run and just felt I felt like a runner again. There were, there were moments, you asked me how my run went. There were moments I felt like I was running, like I had run before I did Kona. You know, I felt, I felt that in my body. And then, and then there were moments that I didn't feel good. Like it was back to like, oh, you know, feel kind of wonky. But my relationship with those moments aren't, I don't indulge in those moments. I know that they're only temporary, just like when you run 
you feel really good. It's only temporary. Mm-hmm. However that temporary is, could be weeks, could be months, could be an hour. It doesn't matter. Uh, but allowing and feeling into this flow. So I went out for a run and I, I did five one-minute mi- uh, one repeats up um, Chinkapin on the west side of um, of the tracks. And those felt really good. And so I just did five of them, one minute up, one minute down, or two minutes down. It just felt easy, felt strong, and then that was enough. And I came home and it was just like that that shift in like, biking, well, I'll do that later. But for now, I felt compelled to bring Clark out and to, and to move my body back into this running motion because I felt inside of me like today was a day that things were going to shift. Mm-hmm. And I ran back here after I finished the hills. It was only about a half mile back and I was just smiling the whole way. I just <laughs> smiled the whole way back on the trail. I'm like, this is awesome. And I was running like eight, eight fifteens. I'm like, this is so great. I love this. What a beautiful, wonderful day I have ahead of me. And I'm so grateful that everything that I've been offered so far or everything that I've been given so far. And it started with, you know, getting Clark out, um, getting him moving. He always needs exercise, especially since our buddy Troy Maybe had given him a few too many snacks. I'm not going to play with that. <laughs> Just kidding, Troy. Um, but Clark, Clark is on a four-pound goal weight loss program. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit back. of run here or there. Yeah. He'll be back. But yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a beautiful morning. And then we get to convene and come together for, and, and chat about our lives and, and where we're at in life. As I know other people are curious about how we're able to just keep doing it and keep doing it. Yeah. We hear that a lot. Yeah. Train the mind, change your life for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. That's perfect. Thank you all so much for listening in. We are heading out to St. George for the 70.3 World Championship, and we will be doing a SmackDown on that. So if you have questions, send them in. All right. Trust. Trust.